Alexander Snitker, Libertarian, Republican, and Political Hack, and Adrian Wiley, Born Again Anarchist and Political Has Been. Banter, blather, and joke about current events while attempting to figure out whether to keep trying to salvage our constitutional republic or just stock up on marshmallows to roast on the smoldering embers of society. It's time for Unattended Baggage. Why, thank you, Ledge. Hello, everyone in Podcastville or Internet Land or wherever you may reside. This is Alex, co-host, Unattended Baggage. Along with me is my radio life mate, the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Adrian, chairman of the Building Materials Projectile Staging and Logistics Committee of the Western Florida Guild of Professional Anarchist Local Chapter 151, Wiley. How are you, sir? I'm doing well, man. But, you know, I, I got to take issue with the introduction you give me. Yeah. Because um, I, 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 I am certainly a man. But I'm pretty sure I'm neither a myth nor a legend. <laughs> you want me to change it then? Uh, well, I, I think uh, I'm not going to change. It. What, what, what do you think it should be? No, you know? it's where where I got it at. Uh, how, how about a uh, uh, a, a, a semi uh, sociopathic uh, shut in? You know, that, would that work a little better? I mean, it might, but I don't want to have to say that word every week. So, someone with a uh, a uh, ugly front yard. hang on a second Uh, let me explain my thought processes here i was up on my second floor normally on the second floor i keep the blinds closed right you know because i I don't want you know people be seeing in and you know i I don't need to be looking out or anything like that but i happen to have them open and i was looking out to to one of my neighbor's backyards okay and the backyard was just trashed overgrown you know shit rusting away you know just crap everywhere right yeah he doesn't spend any time back there yeah the front yard, though, is immaculate, <laughs> you know, and I thought and then I thought by contrast, I don't really give two shits about my front yard. You know, it's half weeds. There's dead spots. I don't have a sprinkler system or anything like that. But my backyard, I keep I wouldn't say immaculate, but really nice, you know, and my in, 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 from my perspective, you know, that backyard is my sanctuary. You know what I'm saying? That's where you go. That's, that's where well, I go. Because you got a pool back there. I got a pool back there. He doesn't there. have a pool, right? No, no. But still, the, the point is, is I, I keep it really nice because that's my area. Whereas the front, I'm like, eh, who gives a shit? You know, I, I don't care about making a good impression. You know what I'm saying? But I find it funny. I think that it, for it, in a lot of cases, some people have, you know, uh, shitty front and backyards. Other people have immaculate front and backyards. But for the people who have one different from the other... I think it really says a lot about where you put your priorities in life. You know, well, oh, whether you're a, a front yard person or a backyard, <laughs> or a backyard person. person, yeah, yeah. And you know, I, me, hundred percent. It's about me, and I don't give a fuck what anyone thinks. You know what I'm saying? Which so that's, that, I'm a that backyard reflects person. your that that reflects your right. Well, I do. Here's the thing, though. I think a pool has something to do with it, though. It probably does. It probably does. You know, like if dude had a pool back there, then. But even if I didn't, I'd still hang out there, not in my front yard. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, mainly because I know all my neighbors, and if I go out half the time when I go out front, you know, someone's walking by or someone's out and about, and he ends up in a conversation, which is nice every once in a while. But also, when you go outside, you want your, you know, this, hey, man, this is my time. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you, you don't necessarily want to socialize. So that's kind of why why that is. Why you me. have your backyard more than your front yard. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So Part of it's not giving a shit, but also part of it's now, from what you're saying, though, is... 
I want a place where I can go back in the back and not have to fuck with anybody, not do with. Well, anybody. that's that's so some of it's not shut always in-ish. not shut in ish. Yeah, yeah. You know, I I pretend to be a like a recluse and a shut in, but I'm actually social as hell. <laughs> Going out tonight with some friends of ours and stuff, you know. So I I pretend to be that, but I do uh, actually uh, dispute whether I'm a myth or a legend. I'm pretty sure I'm not either of those things. Yeah. So I think the full size. Um, Driver's license thing got you into legendary status, by the way. The what? The full-size driver's license. From, like, when I was 16, making mm-hmm. fake IDs? Yeah. <laughs> that, yeah, that gets you there a little that, bit. That, that made me a legend? I think that's what, that's what at least I got it as. <laughs> Everybody made fake IDs back in the okay, day, man. not with a full-size driver's license. Yeah, and few people made a really profitable business into it. <laughs> so, uh, so I guess that's that. true. Yeah, so. that was pre-internet days where you couldn't just order them on the dark web. Yeah. You know? But uh, yeah, so that's uh, that's I, I thought that was interesting. Are you more of a front yard or a backyard person? <sighs> I I would say I'm more of a garage person. But garage oh, you would be totally are. Yeah, you're totally a garage person. That's a whole different set of psychology right there. Yeah, yeah. I I don't know what that says about you, but every time you've had a garage, you turn it into like your man cave. You yeah, know? I like to I like to hang out in the garage. Yeah, I like to. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Plus, you can smoke cigars out there, and no one gives you any grief. Normally, yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, all right. So th- this week, though, on a Wednesday, I picked up a Tesla. Yeah. yeah. So now I'm renting a Tesla. Fancy one. To do Uber, nice black yeah. one. Oh yeah. No, it's yeah. only had four, like, only got like fourteen thousand miles on it. It's, yeah. it's You know, really new. So tell us, what is it like driving a Tesla? It's different. Yeah. It's different. Let me say the first thing is, there's no coast on it. What do you mean? There's no like, coast. Like it doesn't coast. It doesn't go in. Like when you take your foot off the gas, it stops. R- really? Huh. It just stops. Now, it doesn't stop like, you know, it doesn't dime, screech right. like you're putting yeah. on your foot on the brake. But, but it, it stops decelerates rapidly. Rapidly. Okay. So with that vehicle, I used the brake maybe 5% of what I used it during wow. in the car in, in a regular combustion engine. No kidding. I mean, 5%. Yeah. Like, I can go a whole trip without to put my foot on the brake one time. Yeah. That's interesting. It's weird. Yeah. So that's the first thing. That's that's got to take some getting used to. It does. Yeah. It absolutely does. The second thing is is it does have a lot of get up and go. I have not put my foot all the way down on the accelerator. Oh yeah, the accelerator. Yeah. I have not done it, and like it's you get you you start moving quick, and yeah. there's no shifting. Right. Like it doesn't shift gears. It just goes. Yeah, I, I tell you, uh, I have a friend of mine who's a uh, cop uh, has a Tesla, and uh, man, he took me for a ride in that thing and just opened it up. And I got to tell you, the G-forces, when that thing opens up, and he's got, it's t- like a top of the line one. I, I don't know what the models are. Model, uh, is it a Model Y that's a top end or Model X know. or something? I don't, I don't know. know. Yeah, but anyway, it, 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 yeah, just the acceleration on that thing is mind-boggling. Yeah. Like, without question, the fastest accelerating car I, I've ever been in. Yeah. And I've driven plenty of muscle cars and, you know, European sports cars and things like that, but that thing just blows them just all away. It just goes. Yeah, it's And it amazing. just goes quick. Yeah. Um. Overall, it's a pretty cool ride. It's very Spartan on the inside. You know, the big other than that big screen, it doesn't really have any yeah. buttons or anything. <laughs> I hate the fact that there's no gauges on the dashboard. Yeah, it's you know? just none of it. Yeah. None of it there. See, even though I think that's a cool vehicle, I would never, ever, ever in a million years personally own one. Why not? It has nothing to do with the electric. It has to do with, uh, A, the automated systems, which I don't trust. Well, okay? yeah. And B, that it's constantly tracking you everywhere you go. I mean, it's it's stealing so much data, and we've actually got a couple stories about 
how how much data cars steal from you in this day and age. Yeah. Uh, but we'll get to that a little bit later. But for those two reasons, I would never own one of them. You know, I'm going to be actually, you know, 15, 20 years from now, um, I'm going to be in a lot of trouble because I'm going to be having to spend a fortune to buy these classic cars. You know, yeah, because I won't own anything new. I do that. think that the marketplace is going to stay good with those cars, though, only because I think there's going to be a lot of people in the position that or that have the same mindset that you do. I hope as so. far as cars go. I hope so. You're going to have a segment of the population that are never going to switch over to electric. That are only going to stay with the internal combustion engine cars, right? Until you're dead. Yeah, like that. W- once your generation or that generation of people that really like the gas cars, right. Once they go away, then the then the gas car will make the way of the uh, horse and buggy. I think it's probably going to take many many years. I mean, many decades to actually phase it out completely. Oh, people are always going to you're always look. Somebody's always going to have one. Yeah, like they're always going to have them. But I will say this though: these cars are probably going to be the wave of the future, though. Well, I think what someone needs to do, what some of these automakers need to do, is is for the folks you know that are completely paranoid like me. They need to start making electric vehicles with no automated driving systems and without all the data tracking, not connect to the Internet, not, you know, telling the uh, OEM everything about what you're doing and, you know, that sort of thing all the time, monitoring the driver and the passengers and all that. Yeah. Yeah. I think eventually those cars aren't even going to be allowed on the road anymore. Yeah. Yeah, probably so. Yeah, because the government will probably come in and mandate something or do some it's per gonna be mile some, tax. There, yeah, or there's something gonna be like something that. weird yeah. going on. Right. But and it's a lot cheaper, you know, you just plug it in when you go there. It's 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 weird driving it. And it's funny because like it, a lot of the people that get in the car, this is the first time they've been in a Tesla. Right. And so they got questions and stuff like that. Right. I, I gotta tell them first off, like I've only been in for like three days, so I only know so much. <laughs> yeah. But I you know, they they ask me how it's driving and stuff like that. You know, you can see where all the charging stations are, and like it, it's it's like it's neat, like it's neat. And right. you, and with Uber, you get a bunch of more different kinds of rides. Like you can get like the best kinds of rides that pay right. a lot of money. Yeah, um, that's why I did it. Yeah, that and the gas, you know, the gas, uh, you know, being cheaper on gas because it's or well, cheaper it's on fuel. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you got to charge it up though. Yeah. And that costs money. Did you get the uh, home converter charger? No, 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 no. I didn't. So get you only like charge that. it out and about. Yeah, I only. Yeah, go, yeah I, basically, Wawa's. Yeah. Wawa's are really the only place around here that have them. Not even all the Wawa's have them. There's some EVgo uh, stations around here. Um, I haven't seen any. Well, there's there's one that's near Soho that's in a Winn Dixie. Yeah. And I stopped at that one. Um, you know, you got to figure out like it's a different. The thing is, just like with a with a gas car, doing what I do, you don't even have to think about it. Yeah, you there's just, gas stations everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But with a electric car where you have to, you know, you want to maintain your mileage, so you know your your range so high, right. which the most you can get is like two fifty. Right. Um, you got to be a little more deliberate and stuff like that. So I'm, fig- I'm, I've been figuring that out this week and stuff like that. But it's like it's it's. I mean, it's super neat though. Like yeah. it's neat driving the car, you know. So I I liked I like that part. And um, I can that thing. It, I I really have not put my foot all the way on the accelerator. Yeah. Like I have not I, even a little bit. And unless you got moved. serious wide open road in front of you, you don't want to. No, trust me. No, you don't <laughs> trust because the thing the thing moves, man. Yeah, it freaking moves. You're, you're going to be pulling, you know, three and a half G's. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy how much it moves by into your seat. Yeah. So that's been neat to have this week um, on it. So it's been it's been uh, it's been definitely been neat, though. Yeah. Which is weird. That the first thing we have about is the climate science, because I don't care about I mean, hey, speaking of climate, I saw something really amazing um 
on uh, it was on Labor Day, and I was in my backyard sanctuary floating around my pool, and I look up in the sky, and there's this, um, uh, you know, these cirrus clouds, right, going yeah. across the sky, and projected on them is a perfect color spectrum, you know, a rainbow essentially. Yeah. Uh, but it's not arced. It's in a straight line across the sky. And it's, I don't know if it's being actually, uh, the refraction is happening in the clouds or it's just being projected on the clouds. But it was like that for an hour. It was the most amazing iridescent in the entire cloud for like a 60 degree arc angle in the sky was this. And I'm sure. Uh, you know, because this, I wasn't the only one seeing this, I'm sure. I probably saw it throughout all of West Central Florida. I mean, depending on what yeah. drug you were taking. Uh, no, I was relatively sober at that time. It was the middle of the day. You know, it was like 1 o'clock in the afternoon or something. Oh, I got you. <coughs> Excuse me. And, uh, yeah, just uh, it, just the most amazing thing. I've never seen it exactly. I mean, I've seen plenty of rainbows. And I have seen some you know, color refraction, but never where like a, a straight line um, rainbow effect, you know, a, a prism uh, or was uh, or spectrum, rather, color spectrum uh, was uh, being projected on some cirrus clouds. It was the coolest thing and it lasted for like an hour. Yeah. You know? So on, but this was natural, though, like this was not like it wasn't like <laughs> there was somebody on the ground like 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 uh Imity, imity. No, no, no. <laughs> this this was not a projection. Okay. No, nobody has anything of sufficient power to do that on a cloud that's probably you know forty thousand feet high in the middle of the day. Okay. All right. I mean, just that, making sure that would take an amount of of energy that is just absolutely mind boggling. So okay. this was absolutely a natural phenomenon, but it was a very strange one. I just I'd never seen it exactly like that, and I bet some of our listeners, especially in the uh, Central Florida area, or it probably saw the same thing, you know. Okay. But I was kind of looking around for it. I didn't see a lot. I saw a couple of people post it on Did you uh, see a leprechaun? Reddit. I did not see a leprechaun, but the rainbow didn't touch the ground. But it, it I'm may, saying that means the leprechaun was in the air. I, I think it might also mean uh, that the sky is gay. Oh, you know? oh, it could be that too. Yeah. So uh, it's a strong possibility. So it was. They're turning uh, the clouds gay. Yeah. So Labor Day was also, uh, you know, Sky Pride Day. Sky Pride Day. <laughs> So, so that's that's one of the uh, the other um, side effects of uh, man-made climate change is it's turning the sky gay. Yeah, <laughs> I knew I knew it was gonna. I knew we got to turn it around now. Yeah. So, uh, oh wait. So we got the articles about the climate science here. Yeah. Well, let's start with the second and third, and then we'll come back to the first okay. one in that group. No, no. Let's start with the last one first, and then work backwards. Okay. Then. All right. So. This is the headline, and we've talked a little bit about this before, but this one just it bared mentioning again. Right. World just endured its hottest summer on record. UN chief says climate breakdown has begun. Right. Now, if you look at the key points of the article, <laughs> and to give them credit, at least they stuck it in the top. Yes, yes, so which is I, actually rare. Yeah. UN World Meteorological Organization and European Climate Service uh, Copernicus. Copernicus on Wednesday announced that June to August season of 2023 was the warmest such period in records beginning in 1940. So yeah. wait, wait a second here. So we haven't even hit a hundred years. This ain't even a hundred years, right? And it's the hottest on in the last hundred year in the last right. under hundred years, right? It's just <laughs> such a misleading headline. It, it is. It is. And again. 
Look, the, the planet probably is warming. Um, you know, I don't think we have enough data to know whether this is like a a small cycle blip, a long cycle blip. I don't think we know how hot it's actually going to get. Um, and I think man probably contributes to some degree, but to what degree, I don't think we really know. We just don't have enough data. And that's the thing that, that drives me crazy with science in this day and age is science should be about asking questions and acknowledging that we don't know what we don't know. Okay, but it's almost like science lately has become a religion where you can't question it at all. Otherwise, you're a a science denier. Otherwise, you're, uh, you know, well, you're not a climatologist. Well, no, but I also understand that when you're dealing with a a data set of 100 years and you're talking about a system that's been in place for four billion years, you really don't have enough data to know for a fact. Now, you can do core samples, ice core samples, things like that, and get a relative idea. And, and from the core samples, we know that this planet has been way, 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 way colder than it is now and way, way, way hotter than it is now. Okay? It, it, there, it's, we're right now, honestly, for the point we're at, we're somewhere in the middle. And we don't know where the trends are going. And we don't know how rapidly these things change. We, know, we do know at times they do rapidly change. You know? And so that's just... I don't, I'm not a climate change denier. I'm just one of those people that says, hey, we just, A, we don't have enough data to know, you know, what the real trend is, and B, we don't know for sure how much man is contributing to it, you know? But it's like you got those new uh, CO2 scrubber plants coming online. You know the biggest one, the one that's getting the most hype and the most funding and everything uh, for that? To Those big factories you're building with a bunch of fans and CO2 scrubbers take yeah. CO2 out of the air. It's a company called Oxy which is owned 100% by Occidental Petroleum. (laughs) A $60 billion um, oil company is the one who is going to the government and saying, hey, give us these huge grants so that we can pull carbon dioxide out of the air far less efficiently than trees do it. (laughs) <laughs> it's just the whole thing there's so much of it that just seems like such a scam well look, here's the thing let's let's go with a couple of let's just say right again not that not that i'm not i'm not arguing i'm not saying for sure this is the case right so it's getting hotter out yeah i i don't personally feel it but climate I, i'm not change argue is something that man has has had some negative effects on potentially we can't say for sure how let's just let's just say there's been some yeah what what is your solution at the end of the day and i'm and and i'm not saying you but i'm saying is that what what are they trying to say are you trying to say that we're going to stop using fossil fuels tomorrow no like like if (laughs) it's not like anything that they're saying is just not realistic as to like do you want us to move away from using fossil fuels and towards other kinds of energies in order to collect in, in order to generate energy? Okay, well, I'll go with that. Yeah, that's that's just a good idea. But here's the thing. And again, I I know you're against this one. But these guys like if you really want like right now we need energy. Everybody needs energy in order to survive at the level that we're at right now. Right. Developing countries need more than what we need. We're going down and down and down anyway in what we're currently using right now. But this is a global thing, not just a a, a U.S. thing. Right. So 
is the solution that you're just going to stop using these fossil fuels like right off the bat and everybody's going to be on windmills? That's and, literally impossible. Yeah, it, it can't be done. It can't be. Like, it has to be phased out over time. Yeah, and it is being phased out over time. And naturally. the market, the market is is doing a lot of it. The, the governments are creative in sending, uh, creating incentives for people to to accelerate the the market change. Uh, but for the most part, the market's doing it on its own. Yeah. But the whole question, I think, is flawed. And that's one of my biggest, um, <laughs> you know, one of the things that I find so ridiculous in this is you're asking the question, well, how do we solve it? How do we fix it? What, what's, how do we, we change this? The answer is, quite fl- frankly, you can't. It's the fucking planet. And the fact that humans believe that they can affect the long-term climatological planets of a system that is dependent on a giant fusion reactor in the sky and a, a planetary system that's been doing its own thing for f- over 4 billion years, okay, the fact that we think that we're just going to change that <laughs> we're, we're going to be able to make the planet do what we want no no we've got at least a, you know a few hundred years of technological advancements before we have any effect on the entire planetary uh, climatological system yeah it, it's just the amount of hubris that you have to to say uh, to have to say that man is 100 percent causing the climate and man has the power to change it and fix it it's just it's stupid it's it makes no sense whatsoever and the problem with all the data that we see is it's almost exclusively correlation you see what i'm saying now well the planet is getting warmer on average has been for the past 80 years that they've really been measuring this sort of thing okay yeah um and it seems to be getting warmer at a faster rate than it was before Okay, so we're saying, well, human since humans since the Industrial Revolution have been putting a bunch of carbon dioxide in, in, into the atmosphere, you know, yeah, uh, hydrocarbons, things like that. Um, so that must be the cause of it. You see what I'm saying? Oh, I got you. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I, like I said, so much of this is just correlation. It's they haven't really, at least in my mind, firmly established the causality. And here's a, here's a prime example of this. And this is a, uh, a story that came out in the uh, San Jose Mercury News. And it's, uh, the headline is, um, Bay Area Scientist Admits He Left Out the Full Truth to Get Climate Change Wildfire Study Published in a Prestigious Journal. Damn. Okay. <coughs> Excuse me. A new study by a team of mostly Bay Area scientists, that's San Francisco Bay Areas for you Tampa folks, uh, scientists found that human-caused climate warming has increased the frequency of extremely fast-spreading California wildfires and has come into question from the unlikeliest of critics, its own lead author. So the lead scientist on this this, uh, uh, publication, this study, actually came out and said, you know what, we really fudged the data on this. Um, Patrick T. Brown, climate uh, team co-director at the nonprofit Breakthrough Institute in Berkeley and a visiting research professor at San Jose State University, said his August 30th paper in the prestigious British journal Nature is scientifically sound and advances our understanding of climate change role in day-to-day wildfire behavior. So one of the um, 
So that was what he originally said. But Brown this week dropped a bomb on the journal, as well as his study's co-authors who are staunchly defending the team's work. In an online article, blog post, and social media posts, Brown said he left out the full truth to get my climate change paper published, causing almost as much of a storm as the alarming alarming findings themselves, themselves. So this is a prime example of what we've been talking about, and specifically as it applies to two things currently, okay? Uh, COVID and vaccines and climate change, okay? And what we have been saying is if you want to get published, if you want the grant money, if you want the prestigious jobs, if you want the, the accolades of your peers, you better give the correct political answer. Yeah, you better stay the line. Exactly. Exactly. So here's a guy who did a study and said, oh, well, shit, if I I got to come to this conclusion that it's climate change causing the wildfires to be worse in California uh, or I'm never going to get this thing published. Nobody's going to touch us with a pole. You know, so he publishes the paper and then, you know, after a a week or so has a uh, uh, some pangs of conscience and goes out and puts it out there and said, hey, look, no, we didn't tell the whole truth. We left out a whole bunch of findings. You know, we we essentially pushed it to this conclusion because we knew that's what the scientific community wanted to hear. That's what would get us published. That w- is what and he didn't say this, but the implication is that that's what will get the uh, the grant money. Well, hold next on, go. Around. Hold on, let, me, let me read this part. Brown wrote that the study didn't look at poor forest management and other factors that are just as if not more important to fire behavior because I knew that would detract from the clean narrative centered on the negative impact of climate change and thus decrease the odds that the paper would pass muster with nature's editors and reviewers. He added, such bias in climate scientists misinforms the public and makes practical solutions more difficult to achieve. Bingo. Bingo. And there's so much of that right now uh, among climate uh, science in general. And again, we, we should probably be trying to figure out what the planet is going to do as a whole to prepare for it. And we should be trying to figure out ways to adapt, ways to adapt. We should be trying to figure out if if and how much we are contributing to it, you know, and what we can do to change that. So it's, it's not like I'm saying this whole realm of study is a waste of time, but it's be like, accurate. Yeah. Be truthful. Be accurate. Stop tailoring the message and the science and when you're tailoring a scientific message to meet a political agenda that's a real problem yeah you know um and so i think that the more we see these type of things the more we have to question but don't go 100 percent the other way either don't go well you can't believe anything scientists say well no you shouldn't do that either the hard part and everyone <laughs> i hate to sound like this because If I say, do your own research, (laughs) you know, you're going to have people out there that are going watching some YouTube videos and and just think the most absurd, ridiculous things. Well, next thing you know, they're flat earthers. But what I'm saying is don't necessarily do your own research, but just approach everything logically. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Just integrate logic. Read the study and see how they came to the conclusions and things like that, you know, because that's about the only way you get to the truth, because... Nothing out there in the world today is 100% truth. 
you know. And very few things are 100% bullshit, <laughs> you know. And the truth is always somewhere in between. Well, know? I just think if you, like if you look at the fi- the fires over there, like let's okay again, let's just for right. the sake of argument say that global warming is man-made and it's a major problem, right? And that 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 governments know this stuff, right? Okay. Well, then why do you have bad forest management? That's something you can actually solve right now. Right. Like that's actually a problem you can fix. Yeah. So why aren't you doing those things? in order to mitigate the problems. And I think one of the reasons that they're doing that is, in a weird way, they want the major fire so they can point to it and claim and claim global warming. Yeah. That there's like in a weird in a weird perverse way, you're like you're 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 perp maybe not purposely, but subconsciously you're purposely making the problem worse. I think some are purposely doing it. Others are just kind of uh, responding like even with to the Maui pressure. fire thing, like why would you stop giving them water? Well, here, why would you stop them from being able to help people? Here's the irony: is that the majority of California and also the Maui uh, forest fire were ignited by electrical transmission lines. So all that power that we're using to charge our Teslas yeah. <laughs> are actually a bigger cause of uh, wildfires than. Um, <laughs> than man-made climate change. <laughs> well, well, here's the thing, study. Though, but that's why the response from the other from from the other side on that one is, well, right. you got to get rid of the electrical lines, right? Well, yeah, it makes sense. Cause, yeah, because you don't have to, again. They don't figure out that cold fusion. They don't man. think they don't think it all the way through, and I, maybe they don't want to. I don't know what it is. I don't know why. Like, there's a lot of different I just, reasons. I just like it's weird because. It seems like this is such a because everything is climate change now. Like oh, everything. Everything. everything, like every hurricane well, is like climate last change hurricane. now. Yeah, like we were talking about last week, the once in a lifetime hurricane, which you know clearly there have been a whole lot more uh, hurricanes you know, do damage yeah. to Florida period. every fucking year almost. Pretty much. Yeah. As a matter of fact, the last two years, while the ones that have hit have sucked a lot worse than other times, right? Like they're not that bad though. Right. I mean, it's it's it, we only had one. To, well, we had two last year. Yeah. And right now we have one that's gone through Florida this year so far. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. We got more time. It, another bad one could happen. Yeah. yeah. It's well, it, again. but September and October are months that have, have hurricanes. Right. Historically. Yeah. But I, I'm just saying, the, the fact that they have to sensationalize the hell out of everything every single time, every every storm, every fire, every every natural event that has been happening for, you know. Uh, for epochs and eons, you know, uh, it's the worst one ever. You know, no, never in, well, in and, history has it been like this. And so, and this is another one of these things. So, a rapid, clo- a rapidly closing window. Major UN report offers sobering assessment of world's climate efforts. Uh, the fight to secure for a livable future for everyone on Earth requires much more urgent climate action, and only transformational changes across systems will be enough to get back on track. See. The thing about it is when I see this one, I see, well, what you're doing is using this in order to have some kind of global governance over all of this stuff. Mm. And if there's nothing that's more intrusive, it's going to be global governance over your energy. Right. Right. Well, I I think there's a lot of different motives behind people pushing this narrative. Money and power is probably the money and power are two of them. But for for some people, um, it's also. Um, it, it, it's just a, a, a belief structure. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so some people just flat out believe this like it is the gospel. And, uh, you know, they think anyone who doesn't believe it is a, a moron. Um, and, uh, you know, others just like the idea of being smug about it. 
<laughs> you know. So that's it. It's the politicians want more power. The companies that are uh, essentially profiting from this, uh, like Occidental Petroleum, for example, uh, want more money. And, uh, you know, the scientists, uh, basically, they're either true believers or they just want their grant funds and their papers published, you know. And, Which we've, again, pointed yeah. to an article to talk about. And the, the rank and file people who are pushing this, you know, just the, the average, uh, you know, Joe Ham and Egger is uh, either a true believer or they just, you know, want to be that smug kind of, you know, look at me, I'm on the right side of, of you know, the world and it, that sort of thing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I think you have a combo of a lot of different stuff here. Yeah. And again, wrapped up in... It's it's all wrapped up in well. If you don't like it, then you just want humanity to die, basically. And well, like they're and, claiming that they want like they're claiming that the other side wants humanity to die. Well, and that's the other thing because of the the amount of scare tactics that they've used. They've taken an entire generation that sincerely believes that the the planet is doomed, the species is doomed. I hear from young people saying, "I don't want to bring kids into this dying world." I mean, they literally think like that. Yeah. Oh, you know? a lot of them do. And that's why our, our birth rate. So it, it makes you that's wonder. That's another factor, but that's not the main factor. But <laughs> it's it's a, a factor. It's a, it's a big factor in it. No, I think it, I, I really do think it is. I mean, because I think if you had a generation of kids who were positive about the future and thought the future was going to be great and they thought, you know, their lives were going to be even better than their parents' lives and things like that, you would definitely see a lot more people wanting to bring kids in the world. You know, yeah, but you don't see that, you know, and, and it's just it's so patently ridiculous. And again, there's probably a, a little bit of truth in everything they're talking about. And the planet is the date that does show that it's getting a little warmer. But the question is, how bad is it going to be? We have no idea. You know, is this a, a temporary little cycle? Is this a long term trend? Are we, you know, still only halfway out of the ice age that we were in 10,000 years ago? You know, is it just going to go back to the medieval warm period, which we had, you know, which it was hotter than it is now, at least according to the core sample records? Yeah. You know, which was, you know, what, a thousand years ago, 800 years ago? You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. When there were way less humans on the planet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Way less yeah. humans on the planet. So it's it's just one of those things that it's everything has to be blown completely out of proportion, and it's like, we're all going to die unless we do something now. Everything's got to be mandatory or banned. Yeah, yeah. So, and that's what, and I, I think these people are using this crisis to 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 put in some global governance too, though. I oh, definitely sure. think that's part of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. The the global bankers want to run everything, <laughs> and they see a way to do it. And if you scare the shit out of the population good enough, then you get it. It's it, look, it's fear, man. What 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 drives people more than fear? Nothing. Well. Here's, Which is why politicians use it against you. And it's why uh, Dick Cheney uh, said what he said what it, <laughs> he said this week. Uh, he actually said uh, about Donald Trump, quote, In our nation's 246 history, there has never been an individual who is a greater threat to our republic than Donald Trump. Okay. This coming from Dick Cheney, mind you. Okay. Now, look, Donald Trump sucks all day long. Uh, he's a complete narcissist who will run over everybody and anything to achieve his own aims, including trying to overturn, a, a, you know, circumvent the Constitution and uh, overthrow uh, an election. You know, but having said that, just think about what Dick Cheney said in our nation's 246 year history. There has never been an individual who was a greater threat to our republic than Donald Trump. Okay. How about King George the Third? 
when he invaded in 1812. <laughs> okay. How about, oh, I don't know, Jefferson Davis when uh, the, the Confederate states seceded from the Union, I would say that was probably a bigger threat to the Republic. Yeah. It took kind of a, a uh, you know, a four-year war and uh, 600,000 people dead to resolve that one. Uh, you know, Santa Ana, uh, Hirohito, Hitler, bin Laden. You know, you're telling me that Donald Trump is a bigger threat to our Republic than those guys. And again, it's just the hyperbole. It's the exaggeration. It's the sensationalism. You know, now, if he had just said Donald Trump is a a threat to our republic, I would say, yeah, probably so. You know, good on him. Probably <laughs> don't care really one way or another. But if uh, if anything, hey, by breaks the way, down this article for it. This article is like a year old, though. Uh, is it really? Yeah. Oh, man. I just saw it making the rounds again. Well, it's making the rounds again. I, but, but, oh, yeah. On. It is a year old. Regardless, though, the thing about it is. What Cheney and them are really mad about, in my opinion, mm-hmm. has way more to do with Trump's foreign policy than anything else. From da- from Cheney's perspective, oh yeah, from Cheney's because these guys that are guy commi- never met a war he didn't like. Yeah, these guys are committed neocons. Oh yeah, yeah. And so I do think Cheney that, was the one that came up with the Seven Nations plan that we only knocked out three of them. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like these guys aren't. It's weird because, like, look, I I don't like Trump. But I definitely don't like Dick Cheney, and I definitely don't like his daughter, Liz Cheney. I don't like any of these people, but... Right, right. Like, when you look at who's done more damage to this country, I gotta tell you, Uh, I'd put Dick Cheney a a lot higher on the list than I would Donald Trump. I would say Dick Cheney is responsible for a lot more uh, uh, flag-draped coffins than Donald Trump, for sure. Um, So there's that. But as far as creating the divide in the country oh no creating I would the say, divide no, no i no. would say donald trump's done trump's more done more there. to create the divide but but cheney's got more blood on his hands for damn sure yeah like yeah. I, like you need to go away you need to shut you need to shut up well he looks about dead anyway so well, he's probably be not shutting dead up enough. for good soon but not dead enough yeah but and this is the part that irks me the most is he's not look Donald Trump sucks. Okay, i'll give you all that greater threat to the republic right no, come on now yeah. like that's just Again, look, within the race... The greatest threat for the republic in the nation's 246-year history. Yeah. yeah like, right, come on. Just stop. You're just being a dick. Yeah. <laughs> and nobody calls... Part of the fun, <laughs> Right. And, and nobody well, calls because, anybody on that type of exaggeration. Well, no, because nobody... Here's the thing. The reason why nobody calls them out on it is this. Most people have already taken a either way pro or way anti stance on Trump. Right. Look, I don't like Trump. I wouldn't consider myself a never Trumper either. He's a horrible human. What do you mean never Trumper? So you'd vote for Donald Trump? No, 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 no. But I'm not in the he's the greatest threat to the republic person. No, no. Like, I don't view him as the devil, but he's no angel. He's a bumbling moron for the most part. Yeah. Yeah. like, Like, some of these people put way too much stock in, like, how bad the guy is. I don't. Here's the thing. I think if here's the I think that if Trump wins in 2024, which again, whether he's even on the ballot or not, a whole different argument. He's not going to be. But let's just say for the sake of argument that he is on the ballot and he wins. I think we're going to have another election in 4 years after that. Like it's not going to be it's not the not. end of the world. <laughs> like this let's hope him it is. Getting elected is not the sign of the apocalypse. Oh, why are you teasing me like that? 
No, oh, sorry. <laughs> I'm the guy hoping that each election is the last election ever. Uh, no, and not because the world ends, but because the government ends. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> don't tease me. But since we talked about Trump, though, we'll go back down. We'll go over to all the comb over dude stuff because you put that down there. Right. Right. Well, so, actually, since we were talking about the election, I want to uh, I want to bring up some more evidence this week uh, for my Michelle Obama theory uh, that Michelle Obama will likely be either uh, the nominee uh, for the Democratic Party via appointment or will be Biden's VP pick and uh, will uh, be president soon thereafter. Um, but the author of a new biography of Joe Biden has said it wouldn't be a total shock if the president cancels his reelection bid by the end of the year. Um, now, I don't think he's going to do it by the end of the year. I think he's going to do it after he's won enough Democratic primaries to essentially secure the nomination, and that's when he's going to drop out. But uh, Franklin Foer, whose book The Last Politician, Inside Joe Biden's White House and the Struggle for America's Future, is published this week, told NBC's Meet the Press on Sunday that it doesn't take Bob Woodward to understand that Joe Biden is old. (laughs) (laughs) That's actually pretty good. That is kind of funny, actually. I'm not a gerontologist, but I can predict how the next couple of years will age Joe Biden, Foer added. Asked if Biden could drop out of his reelection bid, uh, Foer said it would... It would be a surprise to me, but it wouldn't be a total surprise to me. So anyway, that's uh, just a little more evidence that uh, I don't think that uh, Joe Biden is going to make it all the way to the general election. And most likely Michelle Obama is. So there's that. All right. So now let's go to uh, uh, the U.S. reality show that is known as Donald Trump or comb over, dude, <laughs> comb over which dude. we can do. Yeah. Uh, so Trump is hosting a hundred thousand dollar per person fundraiser to help Giuliani pay his legal bills. Right. Look, I think he's doing this one for one reason and one reason only. Keep Giuliani quiet from testifying. To keep him on. Oh, absolutely. It's clear as day. Which, again, I don't know why you wouldn't have done this beforehand. Right. But, you know, like, he's definitely going to. So, former President Donald Trump hosted a $100,000 plate fundraiser for New York Mayor Rudy Giuliani at his best minister New Jersey golf club as Giuliani struggles to pay his mounting legal bills. Giuliani's going to flip anyway. He probably will. He's going to flip. Giuliani, a longtime Trump ally who also served uh, as the fellow Republican's lawyer, is facing a barrage of legal fees, fines, sanctions, and damages related to his work helping to try to overturn the 2020 election uh, and other cases. He was indicted last month along with Trump and 17 others in Georgia for what the Fulton County attorney Fannie Willis has described as a wide-ranging conspiracy to subvert the will of the voters after Trump lost to Democrat Joe Biden. Now, here's the thing about Giuliani. He may want to flip. But I wouldn't be surprised if prosecutors don't need them. So they're like, no, nope, we're prosecuting you, too. <laughs> we we don't need your testimony. We've already got overwhelming evidence, and we can win this case without you. So he might want to flip, but I don't know if he's going to be given the opportunity. Hold on. Hold on. Uh, Giuliani's son, Andrew, said in a radio interview that the Thursday night event expected to raise over more than $1 million for his father and that Trump has committed to hosting a second event at his Mar-a-Lago club um, later in the fall. It's early winter. Hold on here. If it's $100,000 a plate, what, did 10 people show up? It sounds that way. <laughs> well, 11. He said more than a million. Oh, more, more yeah. than a million. <laughs> so 11 people showed up. Like, I I think it's kind of funny, though. You right. know what I mean? Like, it, it, I don't know. Look, I just view all... Look, I view all of these guys as just freaking pathetic. Oh, yeah. Like, all the Trump people and all around... Don't get me wrong. Look, is the government purposely going after these guys? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. That that's what prosecution is. 
Yeah, but the, <laughs> that's it, the definition. Of but it. at the same time, like so, you know, Peter Navarro got convicted of contempt of Congress after defying a House January sixth subpoena. So, like, they subpoenaed him. He's like, I'm not showing up. I'm citing executive privilege. Right. Like, again, it's all theater. It's the, and it's yeah. theater on both sides. Yeah, but some people are going to jail, and Trump's. They one may of end up going to jail for it. Yeah. And then him and Ann Coulter getting back and forth into it, and it was funny because oh God, who cares about that bitch? Oh God, I I don't I don't like Ann Coulter at all either. But I just thought it was funny is that like Coulter wanted to do an interview with him on her Substack, right. but make it a paid one so everybody would have to pay to to read it, right? right of course, in order do. to make her money. Right. Trump basically was like, "Now nah, I'm not going to do it," and then they start name calling each other again after they were name calling each other before. Right. Like again, it's 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 weird how the people that are around this guy are just like well, they're, they're, all, they're all grifters yeah and they're all just horrible human beings <laughs> you know that's really the bottom line none of these people are good people I, I, again that's true of almost everyone who reaches a high level of politics it's like these are the worst of the worst that achieve this and and the fact that people are just still going crazy to to feel like these are the people that they need running their lives it's insanity to me it's like look if if you are walking down the street okay and you ran into joe biden or you ran into donald trump okay you had a five minute conversation with him then you said, you know what, I tell you what, I, I want you to have power of attorney over my entire life. I think that you are such a great human being that you should make the decisions to run my life instead of me. Would you do that? I mean, would you, would you personally sign over a power of attorney to Joe Biden or Donald Trump to let them control every aspect? Of course you wouldn't do that. You yeah. would absolutely be insane to do that. But that's essentially what we do every four years. And you people think you have to have it. <laughs> anyway that's my anarchy rant go ahead uh, you take us to the next one um all right so hold on with that though the georgia grand jury also recommended charging three u.s senators as well yeah i saw that so yeah. uh lindsey graham kelly loffler david purdue they're all voting they they vote the, the grand jury voted to for those people as well to be prosecuted but they didn't prosecute them which was a political move the prosecutors decided not to indict those folks so I mean, it's just, I don't think they wanted to muddy the waters, but what were they actually accused of? Were they accused of, of tampering? Were they calling the Georgia secretary of state trying to get the vote swapped or what? I guess, the, I guess so. Yeah. I, I, I didn't see the details on that, but, uh, I, I do know the fact that uh, the grand jury recommended indictments and the prosecutor decided not to was probably political. Look, they're going, you after, don't want to go after they're going two after, branches of they're government. going after everybody that it was even close to Donald Trump. Right. You know, right? And 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 hold. On, let me get into the last one with the the Chris Christie stuff, as well, because there's one guy in the Republican primary, totally going after Trump all the time. Made it his life's mission to go. That's after his Trump. only job. It's his only job, and that's Chris Christie. Yeah. But at the same time, like, if you remember the past, Christie was part of Trump's staff at certain times doing right. certain things. Yeah. Like he was he was his boy. Right. It was only after a while where Trump basically just, you know, threw him out right. that Christie is, you know, all butthurt about it now. Yeah. I mean, he has things he could point to, but like is all butthurt about it. And is, but then when Christie talks, he can point to, I don't know why this guy's saying it about me. I, you, you know, he, I, I was on this and this. So if you can't, if I was always this bad, then why did you hire me to begin with? Right. 
And I think that's what comes over, like when you know Trump's like, I only hire the best people. No, you don't. You <laughs> right. you hire the worst. Yeah, because yeah. you call them that. Right. Like you hire them. You 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 hire sycophants. Is yeah. what you do. Yeah, and, those that suck on the, your ass. The moment that they uh, aren't actually, uh, you know, uh, kissing your ass the whole time, the moment they they contradict you and even oh, and the he's slightest so transparent way, about that. Then then he throws you under the bus. And he's so transparent about that. Oh, like yeah. if you say something nice about him, he's like, "Well, I got to say something nice about you." You said something nice about me. Yeah. If he says something bad about you, he, and he builds, he, he's. It's weird how he's the biggest liar and the most transparent guy at the same time. Wait a second. How how is that a weird character trait? That's literally exactly how you are. What are you talking about? <laughs> if somebody says something nice about you, like you will love them forever. If someone says something bad about you, you will hate them forever. Yeah. yeah there's a little bit of truth. That. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely true. <laughs> I get a pass because just because I've earned it. But for for most people, it's like if 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 somebody and <laughs> this has been true. It's like, and there have been several occasions where I've been like, why the fuck? How do you not hate that person? Yeah, you know, like well, they they said something nice about me one time. <laughs> mm. So you you do have that in common with Trump. Fortunately, you don't have much else common with him. No. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> one thing you do have in common is apparently neither of you is worth three point five billion dollars. <laughs> yeah, that's coming out a lot too. Now. Yeah, well, that was the whole reason that he wasn't putting in his tax returns is because he told people that his net worth was way, way higher than it actually was. Yeah. Yeah. He's really only worth a couple hundred million or was like, you know, earlier on. I, I don't know who knows what he's worth now, but um, yeah. So he's always inflated his, uh, his actual net worth yeah. by, by like multiples, you know? Yeah. Oh <laughs> uh, shit. Where are we going now? Um, the Gattaca DFC. Oh, okay. Um, so this is an interesting one. Scientists have now grown an actual human embryo without a sperm or an egg cell. So, yeah. How the fuck? How do you do this? Um, well, you you start with uh, T cells. You know, and they actually, uh, the, here, I'll read it. The Wiseman Institute team says their embryo model made using stem cells, I'm sorry, not T cells, stem cells, uh, looks like a textbook example of a real 14-day embryo. Scientists have grown an entity that closely resembles an early human embryo without using sperm, eggs, or a womb. It even released hormones that turned a pregnancy test positive in the lab. The ambition for embryo models is to provide an ethical way of understanding the earliest moments of our lives. The first weeks after a sperm fertilizes an egg is a period of dramatic change from a collection of indistinct cells to something that eventually becomes recognizable as a baby on a scan. Of course, we all know that. Um, so anyway, they are actually apparently able to create humans now from just stem cells. And... It's, it's it's this raises so many ethical questions clearly um but you know the the question is is if this embryo were allowed to develop more than 14 days i believe they they destroyed the embryo um would it actually completely be human you know and every indication is that it would be you know so now and again i'm 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 shocked that this isn't getting more play than it is. Um, but th this really just changes the entire dynamic of human reproduction. 
Yeah. yeah, this is a this is some this is a little weird, man. Yeah, yeah. So this is this is not cloning, okay? Which is something that we we've been able to figure out for a while. This is actually kind of starting from complete scratch. So presumably, uh, this embryo would um, be a uh, a a unique DNA structure. Well, everyone has a unique DNA uh, structure, but it wouldn't be. Uh, traceable to any other humans on the planet. You see what I'm saying? Well, I mean, they had to get the T cells from somebody. Uh, or the stem cells from somebody. I, I guess so. Yeah, I guess so. The basic DNA would have to be there somewhere. Yeah, there would have to be a donor uh, for the T cells. Yeah. Now they're saying the that they're not normal over. human embryos. They're embryo models, but but they're very uh, close. But what I, does that I, mean? I, though? I don't know how you can differentiate the two at that point. You know, I, I think they're probably just using that for some ethical standpoints. Oh, you think that there's like a legalese kind of deal there? It, it, yeah, it could very well because um, I, I don't know how uh, if if it's a 14 day embryo, I, I don't know how it it could uh, legally distinct. Here it is: the work raises the question of whether embryo development could be mimicked past the 14 day stage. Uh, this would not be illegal even in the UK, as embryo models are legally distinct from embryos. Some will welcome this, but others won't like it. And the closer these models come to an actual embryo, the more ethical questions they raise. Uh, they are not normal human embryos. They're embryo models, but they're very close to them. So should you regulate them in the same way as normal? There's nothing in this article that says what the difference is. And I don't understand what the difference could possibly be. Yeah, you know could, you have, could you have let it go nine months and make a baby? I I don't see why it wouldn't. And I if mean, it, and, and if I mean, you it, could, then what, I mean, what is the what is the model? Diff Again, it, it doesn't really explain in the article either. Right, right. exactly. If it, I mean, maybe there could be flaws in the development, and it could turn into uh, you a know, monster, a non-viable potentially. I don't know. I, that's the thing. They're not giving us enough information on this. But the second coming, presumably. <laughs> yeah. Right. The the first child born with no soul. I'm you know, who knows? Uh, I don't think it probably works like that, but you never know. I mean, yeah. who, who knows what uh, what the reality is? But I do find that uh, that fascinating that this at least opens a door for a completely different form of reproduction. But n now that you bring it up, it's, it does seem very similar to cloning. So that I don't understand what the difference is. I, I would like some explanation on all these things, but there's not anything I'd like there. these people to stop doing what they're doing. How about that? Uh, well... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Because eventually, you know, that's going to lead to um, designer humans, which we're going that direction anyway. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, the only question is whether it'll be parents choosing their children's traits or governments and corporations deciding what type of uh, workers and, and soldiers they need. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's really the only question. Oh, God, that's just scary to think about right there. <laughs> it's where we're that going, is man. Just scary if to we think stay about. on this path, that's where it leads. So. Yeah, man, we're in so much. It's it's weird how. Again, I think we're dealing with a lot of unknowns. So I will say right. that we're dealing with a lot of unknowns. But at the same time that we're dealing with a lot of unknowns, there's a lot of things that we do know. You know what I mean? Like this, this, this stuff can just go bad. Oh yeah, and yeah. it doesn't everything seem like anybody's putting a stop on any of it. Everything we're doing right now has beneficial. Uh, you know, potential for mankind, but it also has potentially existential ramifications. You know, we we've we've got all types of things that we're doing right now that could lead to the um, 
if not extinction, the near extinction of, you know, mankind. <laughs> There's certain things that I just don't think we should be doing. Yeah. yeah I'm, I, I mean, the good news is if, if we screw it up too bad, the, uh, you know, the, the gamers will go to an earlier save game, you know, in this simulation. So they'll just reset us and we'll go on a, a, a different uh you know, uh, a different uh, different path path. Yeah. Different uh, different branch different of, timeline of reality timeline. That's the word I was looking for. Yeah. yeah different timeline. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Timelines are just where they go back to an older save game. <laughs> it's all it is. I just it is scary, though. It's scary to think about. Right. It really is like when you see what's going on. I mean, it, it, a little bit. Some of it's kind of exciting, too, though, I guess in a weird way, like it, it, you kind of want to see where it's going to end up at. Yeah. It's the same reason about watching Trump all the time. Like you want to see where it's going to end up at. Like he, the one thing that this guy is is he is massively entertaining. Yeah. Oh, that's true. He's so much show material for us. Yeah. yeah. I mean, not nauseatingly so. Yeah. I know. I yeah. don't. I don't want to talk about it. If I had a, a dollar for every time that you've said I don't want to talk about Trump anymore, but and then we do, and then we do. <laughs> yeah. I I'd probably have about ninety dollars. <laughs> You'd have some money. I, I don't think I'm exaggerating on that. No, I don't think you are at all. Matter of fact, you're probably low. You probably low shot it out there. Normally, you exaggerate when you say that sort of thing. In that case, I think, uh, yeah, I might have lowballed it. Might you might have lowballed, lowballed it. it. Just I, because I could very well. he's constant, though. Right. And he says the craziest shit all the time. Oh, I know. I know. It, it just, Not only does he say crazy shit, but all of the the people around him say it, too, though. Oh, my God. And, and, and the know. detractors say crazy shit, too. Like, it, he turns everybody crazy. Right. And it's or a, it reveals them for being crazy. His supporters man. say the craziest shit. Oh, my God. You know, just out there like fucking Pluto, man. Uh, just look, we and we didn't. I think we've, we've referred to this um, uh, stut or, or poll, but like those people that are really supporters of Trump, Trump trust Trump more than they trust their own family. Yeah. I think we talked about that last week, didn't yeah. we? Yeah. Yeah. How do you do that? I mean, just uh, first of all, how do you truly trust someone you've never met? Okay. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, who's a politician? Yeah, who's especially a politician. You know, you can say if it's someone you've never met, never personally interacted with, never really spent much time with, or anything like that. You can say, okay, that person seems trustworthy, mm -hmm. but until you look somebody dead in the eye and have a real conversation with them and shake their hand or whatever, you don't know for sure. You you know, you're just guessing. At that point. Yeah. So the fact that they say that this guy, who probably none of them have ever met, or if they have met, it'd been, you know, like a two-second, you know, uh, hey, how you doing, handshake type of thing, mm -hmm. um, that they can say they trust them more than your own, their own family, that that's a real problem. That shows us we've got a deeper problem than anything having to do with politics. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, we got some trust. We got <laughs> yeah. some serious yeah. misplaced trust issues. But... Uh, uh, we've, uh, we're at the end of the first hour. If you'd like to join us in the second hour, go to patreon.com forward slash unattended baggage, sign up, become a subscriber. You get a whole bunch of swag. Plus you get a second hour of content and we've got some really interesting things to talk about in the second hour. One of which, which I'm really interested in putting out is all the ways your new car is spying on you. We'll see you on the other side.